Slob Talk Radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bird Brains, along with my partner, the former Eagles beat writer for NJ.com and Trenton Times. That would be Mark Eckel. I'm ex-Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Stars, tight end Ken Dunnick. And, Mark, we're going to talk about another depressing Eagles performance. Before we do that, let me mention that Jersey Man and Philly Man magazine, is ha- we're having our annual gala on November 4th of this year. Join 97.5 The Fanatics' Mike Missinelli as he hosts our Unmasking the Legacy event, and you can come and visit some celebrities and raise some money for charity and have a great time. If you're interested in tickets, please call me at 856-912-4007 or email ken at jerseymanmagazine.com. So, Mark, I know you live in the Carolinas. I'm up here in Philly. I don't know what the weather was like down by you, but it was a beautiful afternoon here. I could have played an extra nine holes of golf if I wanted to, but I decided to sit in front of my TV set and watch the Eagles, and, boy, that was a mistake. Yes, three-plus hours, and we'll never get back. Exactly. But, Ken, it's getting getting beyond – I mean, listen, I've seen bad Eagle teams. I mean, I covered them for 32 years. Every one of them wasn't going to the playoffs. You know, I mean, there were some bad teams. Now, you don't know bad teams because every team you played on went to a championship. So but let me. I, I, so you think every team's a championship team because that's all you know, being the winner that you, that you are. But <laughs> there are some bad teams. There, there, there's been, the Eagles have had a couple of years where things weren't good. And this looks like it's going to be another one of those. But it's in, when they lost before, you know, some of the bad years, they weren't embarrassing. This is embarrassing to watch the way they yeah. play, especially defensively. Well, let, listen, let's break it down. First of all, the, you talk about the struggles on offense. I'm going to concentrate on defense for the most part because I thought that that was the biggest problem yesterday. Okay. Our Clark, defensive line, Clark, everybody, everybody, says, everybody says is the greatest on paper, Fletcher mm-hmm. Cox, Hall of Famer. Okay, the Raiders came into that game last in the NFL at 3.3 yards per carry, and our defensive line was gashed by them. And they lost their best running back early in the game. Exactly. They lost lost Jacobs early on. Our linebackers, you know, they're smaller. They're active. Singleton will hit you every once in a while. They can't cover anybody out of the backfield. They can't cover a tight end. And our defensive backs, when they do cover, uh, that's great. But most of the time they look confused. I mean, they're, they're, they're not picking up backs out of the backfield on a simple wheel route. You know, the cover two, they look, they look behind. Oh, I thought you had them. They look behind. This happens game after game. Gannon's defensive philosophy is so vanilla. I would like to come out of retirement as an offensive <laughs> coordinator because I, I think I could do something with Gannon's defense. What, oh, what are your every, thoughts? Every, everyone else can. I mean, let's be honest. The, the defense, the line does have some players, you know, like he's a Fletcher Cox. Yeah, the Pro they've, Bowls. they've got names. They've the got names. Yeah, well, but I mean, they're not. They're, this defense doesn't have a lot of talent, so I, I didn't expect. But you got, that's where coaching comes in. You, a good coach, hides his deficiencies and accentuates his strengths. This guy isn't doing any of that, and now he's getting called out. Fletcher Cox is not having a good season by his stand, by anybody's standards, but especially by his standards. Finally, said something yesterday. Somebody, a player finally spoke out and said, I don't get paid to cover screen passes. I get paid to go after a quarterback. We need to be more aggressive. We need to do what, we, what we've done here in the past. So he, somebody finally said, these coaches don't know what they're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a scary situation. Even Sirianni was somewhat critical of Gannon yesterday. Uh, but, you know, you talk about you talk about Sirianni and the decision. Now, we, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. I, again, another rookie coaching mistake where he accepts a penalty. Oakland, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas already has their punting team on the field. Yeah. He accepts the penalty, gives them another shot, and they get a first down. This, Even this the referee has said. Even the referee said he was declined. But this stuff seems to happen every week. There's some kind of a major gaffe that, you know, coaches just aren't supposed to make. And, again, you know, you talked about uh, there's there's conjecture on Twitter this morning that, well, you know, maybe this will be it for Sirianni. Listen, this is – they fired Doug Peterson, who was an up-and-comer. They're not going to fire Sirianni and hire somebody with experience because they don't want to give the keys to the franchise to an experienced coach. So you're going to, even if they fired Sirianni, you're going to get another Sirianni lookalike in that seat. And do you want to go through this process all over again? I think you're going to have Sirianni here for three or four years for a couple reasons. Number one is the Eagles don't need to make a change because they've already got, you know, 20,000 season ticket holders on standby to, to buy the seats. And number two, they don't care about public perception. They do not care. They don't care what the fans think. They don't think what the, they don't care what the writers think. They're going to do what they want to do. And they're going to feed it to us. Like it's a Thanksgiving dinner, which it isn't. Well, this is what's going to, but this is like you said, they don't care about, you're right. They don't, they don't care. But they do care. You say there's 20,000 people waiting for tickets. But if the end of this season, and the end's coming soon, if there's, um, you know, only if there's 30,000 empty seats at Lincoln Financial Field when, when they're hosting Washington or whoever else they, they play late in the year. I hear you, brother. Jeffrey Lurie's not going to like you yeah, but the seats are paid for already. Yeah, but the parking isn't, and the and the beer and the soda and the and the hot dogs and. No. And or what's the, Jeff going to do? What's poor Jeff going to do? Is he might have to sell one of his <laughs> no, no, homes? Listen, you know? nobody could. Nobody went last year, and the, and the team still made money. So, I mean, it's not about that, but it's a. He doesn't. Jeffrey's not going to like the Fox TV cameras showing thirty thousand empty seats. At Lincoln Financial Field, and he's not going to like losing all that extra revenue. Like, like, like I said, yeah, the, the tickets are sold. That's they, they already have that, that. That money's already spent. But they do make a lot on other things, and it's, it's just a bad look. And that, that's the only thing that. And that's if the fans are frustrated, then just that's what they got to do. Don't go. Mm-hmm. But and, and you, again, you, you bring up why they're not going to fire Sirianni. If they, I mean, he has he, he signed what at least a minimum three year deal, right? It's like a three or four year deal. Okay. So if they and, and they're still paying Doug because Doug had years left just for so this not, season, I believe. I believe he Doug had one year left. I okay. think so. I had to do some research on that, but I think I, so. I thought he had two years left. But if, yeah. whatever, yeah, they don't want to pay. They don't want to be paying if Doug has another year, and, I, and I'm not sure. Um, they don't want to be paying three guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they well, don't listen. A couple other no, couple other notes about the game. Did you see the point spread? Did you watch that at all yesterday? Uh, Las Vegas opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the game, and it, right. and it continued to drop. And normally <clears throat> when it drops to three, that's a tough number to come off of because um, right. it's just, it, you know, it's, it's, a good a common, it's a common number, and they'll move the money line more than they'll right. move the points at that point. But it continued to drop, and by the time the game started, it was a pick. Was so it really? Yes. Yeah, so there was some I didn't heavy know that. steam uh, on the Eagles for whatever reason. As I – 
you know, I, listen, I do football pools and stuff, and I follow the game fairly closely, and I think I know what I'm looking at and what I'm talking about. And when I looked at that game, I'm like, listen, unless somebody's seeing something I don't know about, what in the world is going on? I mean, I thought there might be inside information that uh, well, there the was entire a... Vegas team was going to come down with COVID or something, because that, that line made absolutely no sense yeah, to me. Going to pick, I didn't realize it went that far down. Um, yeah. I knew it went down to like two at one point. I didn't, I didn't know it came all the way down. Well, I guess one reason, I don't know if that's the total reason, was the Raiders bet. That's another thing. Carr completed 91% of his passes, did whatever <laughs> he wanted, and he didn't have his best receiver. Darren Waller, their, their tight end, who's Who's a great? I mean, you appreciate tight ends more than more than anyone. That guy's probably the best in the league right now, right there, right, right with the you know Kittle and Kelsey. But he, he's probably passed both of them at this point. Maybe he yes. was right when he wasn't playing. I'm like, oh, that's a big break for Eagles. That's yeah. the guy that I didn't know how they were going to cover him. Well, they didn't have to. The backup tight end went, went in and had a big day. Listen. Listen, that, that, that kid, they talked a lot about that kid, bro, and he's good. But Derek Carr, 31 for 34, 300 and uh, I believe 23 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. And how, here's an interesting stat for you. You talk about Gannon's defense. How about this, Mark? The la- Four of the last five quarterbacks the Eagles have played have completed 80% or more of their passes. Chew on that one for a while. Wow. 80% or more, four of the last five quarterbacks. Now, if that doesn't scream that something is wrong with the defensive scheme, and I'll tell you exactly what the Eagles are doing. They know they don't have the, the guys to cover, so they're playing two deep safeties, which do two things. Number one, it makes it easier to run against the defense because when you bring a safety all the way back, sure. you don't have the safety in running in the support. Okay? Yep. The other thing it does, if you don't have guys that can cover underneath, if you don't have the linebackers – that can cover uh, and the corners that can cover man to man underneath. Cause a lot of times when you go two deep safeties, you go man under, then you've got a problem because you can't handle the backs and the tight ends and the middle of the field is wide open. That's how you attack, attack a, a two deep zone. And, and look what's happening with the Eagles. All the teams do is, well, they're going to play too deep. And here's what we're going to do. They run the football effectively, just like Vegas did yesterday. And they work the middle of the field and the Eagles can't cover, and all of a sudden you've got an 80 to 90% completion rate for the quarterback. Something's got to change there defensively. Well, they got to do too. I mean, like, like we started when we said at the very, very start of the podcast, their strength is supposedly their defensive line. That's where their best players are. That's where their first-round picks are. I mean, a lot of backers are what they are. Let's play all eight of them at the same time. It can't be any worse. <laughs> no, maybe not be go to eight three. Yeah, go to, but I mean, again, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not there like I was, and I'm not. Even if I was, I'm not privy to the game plan. But if Fletcher Cox is being honest, and he's being told not to rush and not to be aggressive and not to go after the quarterback, well, that's a mistake too. Cause that's that's their, their only hope. Of, of, well, of getting these guys to not complete eighty percent of their passes. Well, that, that, that's pressure on them. That's yeah. my point. If it's not working, and obviously it's not working, you have to change it up. Let's let's do some blitzing. Let's 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 go dime. Let's let's do something that they don't use it dime. up. I know they don't use a dime. It's the only team in the NFL that doesn't use a dime because he doesn't believe in it. Well, when are you going to start to believe? When are you going to start to believe? Oh, it's it's so frustrating. Anyway. You know, Miles Sanders gets hurt early yesterday. Certainly that didn't uh, 
help the Eagles cause at all. It was nice to see Boston Scott in there. I'll tell you, you talk about a guy that you root for. He's a, he's a tiny little guy that just hits the field with everything he's got. He runs hard. He runs low, obviously. But why wouldn't you try to get Boston Scott some touches? I know you love Gainwell out of the backfield as a receiver. That's cool. And you're not handing the ball off to Miles Sanders anyway. But, it, you know, it was just nice to see an overachiever like Boston Scott in the game having some success again. Well, the owner loves him. His name's yeah. Boston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those of you, for those of you who don't know, Jeffrey Lurie is from Boston, so he's a and he's a big fan of the uh, of the New Boston Patriots, yeah. yeah, and the Red Sox and Celtics and all those teams that I hate. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple, you know, a couple con- uh, concerning things. Lane Johnson returns yesterday, but then leaves at the end of the game with an ankle injury. They're doing some tests on that now. They'll they'll see how he is for this upcoming week and. You know, Mulata, who had been playing well, his, his knee has been tweaked, but he got burned bad on a couple yeah. of plays on the on the left side. Then they had, when Johnson went out, they had to move him to the right side, and Dillard, again, was over on the left, and, and he didn't play particularly well. You know, the NFL trading deadline is coming up, and yes, there's is. rumors that uh, Dillard is uh, is being talked about, but are you going to get anything for Dillard? He's not going to get a lot. And... We traded up for him in the first round. <laughs> yeah, he did. Hello. Um, you you might get what you traded for him, but you know, whatever, like a fourth or whatever you used to move up, that's about it. And then who's going to play for you, though? Lane? You can't count on Lane. You just can't, right? No. Um, well, so he, he, you know, hopefully he's mentally he's no, okay. But you can't, like, you can't count. But physically he's breaking down every year now. Yeah. He gets, I would trade him if I can get anything yeah. for Lane Johnson and get rid of his salary. I would trade Fletcher Cox. I, Eagles need to sell, 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 sell. You're not going okay, anywhere. Well, listen, uh, listen, I get that philosophy. You sell to get draft picks, right? Do you right. have confidence no. that this regime is going to draft the right <laughs> no. players? I mean, no, of course do I do? don't. You do. It's, uh, you, it's, you hope uh, a blind squirrel finds a nut. Yeah, yeah. Well, coming up this weekend, we've got Detroit. Now, normally we say, okay, the Eagles are finally going to get a win. But guess what? Detroit is playing pretty well. They gave. The Los the Angeles Rams, all Rams yep, in all Los Angeles, all they could handle yesterday, and they came out firing. And then you've got the, uh, the Chargers at home. Then you go you know, to Denver, which is uh, maybe a winnable game, but, of course, it's Tough a good game at Denver. Yeah. And then they've got New Orleans. So, you know, we're looking at a scenario where uh, the Eagles uh, could only have two wins, you know, nine or ten games well, they in the season. If they lose to Detroit, and I don't, and Detroit has played well, that, they're a snake bit team, but if they lose to Detroit, that's before the, and the deadline's right after that, right? Yeah. yeah. If they lose to Detroit, everybody goes. Everybody goes. It's, it's one it. of those like it's like one of everything must go. Going out of business sale. <laughs> Mark, we're out of time. It's been great. Thanks everybody for joining us for the Burberry. Hopefully, we'll have better news for you next week. Take care.